Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't like blood and guts. But I love them when they're lengthily discussed. So wonderful. Uh, Welcome one, welcome all, welcome the children of the corn to the corn town hall. Yeah, even the toddlers of the corn, I think we'd welcome. Babies of the corn, as long as they're 19 and under or or under 19. Yes, yeah. Sort of like, you think that's like 4-H? What, yeah, what, also, what are the rules of you're out when when you turn 19? Well, menudo is when you turn 18. <laughs> I'm wondering why they don't go 18 in this. Is that to be different than menudo at the time? Or was this pre-menudo? Oh, uh, uh, this is maybe like running parallel with menudo. Wow, something in the zeitgeist. So anybody that doesn't know, menudo was a Spanish singing band. Yeah, sort of like a new kids on the block. Yeah, would rotate their members through. Once they turned 18, they they were forced to leave the band. It's crazy. (laughs) I mean, the the thought... And then, then they were killed, right? Much like Children of the Corn. I core, guess they also their name's Menudo, which is a food that consists of animal intestines, right? And oh my tripe, gosh. I believe. Oh, so that's what they would eat I after think they their intestines. The, they yeah. would eat the 18-year-old's intestines. Uh, because um, I, certainly when I was watching this movie, the question popped in my mind, 19, why? But now just sitting here, I think it's it's because, hey, this has bothered me before. You're a teenager until you're 19. Then you're a 20-year-old. That still doesn't make sense. Then it would seem like you get killed when you're 20, not 19. I, I'm trying 20. to make if you're just like some mystical nine years of the teens or yeah, something. It's odd. I wonder if it's that way in the original short story. Yeah, it's probably what you said. They're just trying to be different. These kids yeah. are kind of like the ultimate, like... You know, just the, the bad kids. I mean, they are. Yeah, they're yeah. they go against society in every way. Uh, and sometimes where I'm like, these kids are kind of cool. Yeah, like when uh, yeah, he yes. walks into the thing and they had that big wall of like 
administrative like badges and patches that people sew under their things yeah. to say that they're the man. And then written over it in blood, it said no false idols. I was like, nobody told me the children of the cord were cool. I know. And the way, do you see the like found artwork that they did over Jesus on that painting? Did I see it? Wow. <laughs> I bought oh it on gosh. eBay. <laughs> The original prop. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, before we bury the corn here, the corn lead, (laughs) uh, I loved watching this movie. I loved The Children of the Corn. Thank you for picking it. Yes. And uh, uh, now that the lead isn't buried on my end, Uh will you unbury your corn lead and then we could like uh, talk about whatever this podcast is? Absolutely. This is... Is oh, I mean, I love children. Yeah, of the corn okay. As well. I I think I saw it when I was a kid, but I remembered nothing. I, remember, I saw it once, and I remembered two things. What did you remember? Oh, sorry, I, I just remembered the Malachi and Isaac. I had no recollection that Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton were in this. I remember he who walks behind the rose or whatever mm-hmm. the little burrowing thing. I remembered that, and I remember mm-hmm. being disappointed by that being part of it, kind of. But mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. sense, this time, not so much. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And um, yeah, we'll get into it. Let's cover yeah. some business. This yeah. is with Gorley and Russ, the podcast where we talk at length in the coziest ways possible and in the coziest terms possible about horror movies, thrillers. Mr. Mom's and return occasional returns of the Jedi. Any movie that that uh, its its highest priority is to thrill. That's right, including Mr. Mom. Yeah, yeah. And we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, where you can get film commentaries, mailbag episodes, draft episodes, cozy bracket episodes, little goodies, extras, and more. Yeah, we also have. The coveted In Myers We Trust episodes coming to Patreon very soon, yes. probably, probably immediately following this Ooh. series. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the when we were talking about the when you're describing the podcast right now, I was thinking like, oh, that there must somewhere in the internet podcast world, there's a a yin uh, to our yang or a yang to our yin of like uh, um, a podcast about Martha Stewart. Where they're just like screaming the whole time. <laughs> it's like really intense and they get in fights about Martha Stewart. This. Like it's a German death metal band that does a podcast about Martha Stewart. It's the yeah. uncoziest thing ever. Yeah. You actually find out it's like one of those bands that like murdered people. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this is this is our episode on New England Fall Foliage Tour. <laughs> so seek out that podcast too yeah. if you if you just want the Right, the inverse, the negative image, uh, yeah. special effect of the fire at the yeah, end of Children yes. of the Corn oh, version of, of our podcast. Now, speaking of Patreon, we have people that subscribe, and if you subscribe of at the course. highest level, send us an email. We'll read your name on the podcast because that's, right. that's the baby xenomorph level, and we appreciate. It. And that goes out oh, yeah. to Brad Moxley. <laughs> okay, um, and. Daniel J.S. Harris. Daniel Jordan Swanigan Harris. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, all, and then the, I think the last bit of business is that we have a show coming up May 3rd, which isn't far from now. Just a, a stone's throw away from today's date. Yeah, and it isn't, an, it isn't a uh, With Gorley and Rust 
show per se, although oh, Gorley right. and Rust are both in the show with their respective bands. Yeah, your band, Townland, yeah. will uh-huh. be performing. It's going to be so cool. And then uh, my band, Don't Stop or We'll Die, uh, will be uh, performing as well at the Federal Bar Tuesday, May 3rd. Yes. Uh, and you can get your tickets online at Eventbrite, mm-hmm. uh, Townland, Don't Stop or We'll Die. Uh, that's cheaper than buying at the door. So you can However get your resis now. Get but there. We got yeah. Mark McConville playing pedal steel with oh. us. Tony Thaxon's playing drums on both bands. That's right. Townline has a special guest that I won't even say. Ho, 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 ho. It's not, it's not saying that. <laughs> don't, don't read into that. Uh, don't read between those hoes. Yeah. yeah, Tony Thaxon drumming for us. Uh, of course, uh, Regular Don't Stop or We'll Die bandmates Michael Cassidy and Amin Zarugian. That's right. And Townland's new album, Honey on the Hi-Fi, is out now. Anywhere you listen, oh check it goodness. out. Oh, my goodness. It's a beaut. full version of the theme song to this podcast with different lyrics on there. I just realized my notes are for this film are in the living room. So okay. can you stall? Yeah, well, I'll just talk about what just popped in my head when you uh, did the um, different lyrics uh, to the same music, to the music. Matt, the thing is, <laughs> Matt's going into the other room, and because I know uh, uh, your wife and your daughter are out for a walk, I can talk uh, loud without disruption. Uh, okay, now I can go back to my... Uh, um, uh, sorry, what was I saying? Uh, you, well, you, I'm uh, not sure, because I didn't know what yeah. it was in the first place, I'm not sure how to remind yeah, you I don't what know. it was. Don't you don't know. remember? Yeah. Oh, the lyrics to the song? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, 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 there's a song "Try Some Buy Some" by um, uh, Ronnie Spector oh. that George Harrison uh, produced, and uh, the song was released as a single, didn't do too well. But then George Harrison was like, oh, "I bloody well like this track, I do, I do," <laughs> and uh, he just put his uh, vocals on the same. Music track and released it on uh, Living in the Material World, I think. Really? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, but I get it because it has like this beautiful uh, wall of sound production. Mm. It's kind of unique. You wouldn't want to... I got to check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, you got your notes. When did yeah. what was the conditions of you watching uh, *Turn of the Corn*? My I friend, I can't remember. It certainly wasn't in the theater. I remember being hyper aware of it because the poster's so good with the hand with the mm. scythe mm. and the concept. I, everybody at school knew like the kids kill all the adults, so it was in my consciousness. And I think, I think the hook, the poster, the look, the casting of those two kids, everything yeah. was marketed. So I thought. This must be the most incredible scary movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. Both sounds like both of you and I really enjoyed watching it. It's not a great movie for me, even it, though I love yeah. watching it. It feels like a TV movie. And yes. it, the it, music sometimes teeters into uh yeah. I mean sometimes it's awesome. Like yeah. I love sort of the like scary choir, kids choir stuff. But there were a couple moments where I was like, Yeah, that sounds like a made for TV movie kind of orchestral. Like every Perfect ingredient is there. The execution is, I think, yeah. what suffers. Because the, the look of those two kids specifically, Isaac and Malachi, um, yes. casting, the concept, the setting. Yeah, the concept, the music, like setting, setup yeah. is all like really, really cool. And yeah. what's cool and scary about it, it's like fairly believable. Like you could 
see how somebody, uh, not necessarily the kids taking over city, but just like, oh, you could find yourself in a strange town and kind of like, uh, at that time, yeah. feel feel deserted and like disconnected. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so then like you, you rented on it with a bunch of buddies. I must have, but I, like I said, I don't remember yeah. virtually anything about this movie. So it might as well have been a first time watch. Yeah. I only watched it the once. I think I probably, the once before, uh, I think I enjoyed it, um, more the second as a, an adult watching mm-hmm. it, uh, just now, uh, more than I did the first time when I watched it with the things I remember were, um, that Linda Hamilton and, uh, the 30 something guy, uh, yeah. was, were in it. Yeah. I specifically remember them making fun of the reverend preacher uh, proselytizing or whatever on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Malachi's face and like that actor, yeah. I remember being in it. Um, I think that's... It if somebody would have said uh, he who is behind the rose, I would have gone, oh, that's sort of the corn, of course. I would, but it, it, it that like at all. I had to watch it and hear it to be like, oh, right, 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 that's yeah. this movie. Um, but the thing that I'll most remember this for is the at the very beginning when they go into the diner, there is a huge Wells Blue Bunny Dairy oh. Uh, logo. Oh, I don't. That must be area specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my town, Lamar's Iowa, is the ice cream capital of the world because the Wells Blue Bunny dairy plant is based out of there. And so that's they just, a product that I don't know anything about. I don't think oh, that's ever been here. Or I, if it is, I missed it. I can guarantee you've probably eaten something that came out of that factory because they made all of the ice cream novelties for Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's like a... Mickey Mouse bars with yeah. gumball eyes or yeah. something like that. Right. Yeah. Um and uh so they release Wells Boo Bunny stuff with that label. And a lot of times you'll see that logo now on like the side of a freezer a novelty mm. cooler kind of thing. Um uh or um the other way they do it is like they make other companies ice cream. And I worked there for like two days before I went to college uh, and I really didn't like it and I quit. Um, Why didn't you like it? um, I didn't have anything like against work (laughs) in high school or uh, in college. I liked working and working to earn money felt good. Yeah. I felt productive. Um, but if I couldn't find a way in the job to get engaged with the work or uh, uh, the people I work with, it, it could get really bad. Oh, yeah. To, just because I'd be kind of trapped alone in my thoughts. And it was like this factory with really, really loud machines. Ooh. You just couldn't talk to people. Oh. And it was uh, something like 11 hour shifts Whoa, of what? scrubbing down. What? It was crazy. How can you work 11 hours at that age? Especially? I think it was like 10 hours. You know, I turned 18. Uh, you do 10 hours working, but then when you had a lunch break or something, it shaked out to be like, it was, it was long but hours. How, how is it any more than eight hours? Were you getting overtime? 
Yes, I think oh. that was like built in. Okay, it was like it's so funny because the summer before this is the most fucking boring thing in the world. I'm sorry, but the summer before people go to college <laughs> is the summer they go and earn a lot of money yes. by working there, and it always worked out that in May. When people are graduating and need a summer job, that's like spike time to get ice, ice cream, cream out as quickly as possible. Right. So it was just sort of hand in glove. Wow. My dad's business was able uh, to, uh, I don't want to say stay in business, but help stay in business with uh, anybody who worked at that factory had to get work boots and they went to my dad's shop. Uh-huh. So it was like a very much like a Detroit car industry but ice cream oh my god town anyway you rarely get to see wells boo bunny logos ever in movies like never and this is almost just because by accident they just had a big ice cream maker thing with that logo on it but that's the thing i most remember and then the other thing is that my teacher's wife was in it and she's not the girl who jumps out at the end so who is she i realized it got miscommunicated She's the girl who's trying to steal the car um, when Peter Horton's in there. Uh, Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton are like inside a building. Mm-hmm. And then they look out and they see some kids messing around yeah. and they run out. Yeah. The girl with like the dark hair that's kind of like uh, almost sort of like ferrofocity. Yeah. Wavy. Yeah. Yeah. She's running away. Okay. That's my teacher's wife. Because she couldn't have been the person who jumped out at the end. That was like a major role. Yeah, it seemed like that girl who jumps out at the end, Malachi and Isaac, were the flown-in talent where everybody else was local. Yes, I was... uh, And then, of course, with Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton. But every... And then the the old guy, I forget his name. Yes. Yeah. But I did think that, too. Like, when I saw... It's clear. I was like, oh, that is not a person. (laughs) It has to be. And they chose people that had that kind of... Mormonesque uh-huh. village of the damned or children of the damned or whatever it is. Oh, the highest point for me of just like peak enjoyment is when they were putting Linda Hamilton up on a corn, corn cross. cross. Oh, corn cross. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just doing these close-up shots of these local kids yeah. as extras Chanting. who like had to like chant yeah. for her death. It was just, I was <laughs> delighted. And then the scene right after that, Peter Horton, uh, Bert runs into the church and there's just some kids who are there for this like sacrifice. Yeah. And if you watch when, the, when he runs in, just the delight and excitement you can see on like half the kids' faces that they're in a movie right now. Oh, yeah. And there's some you can see are like hiding smiles because they think this yeah. is so funny that he's coming. And it is funny. Yeah. If you were a kid, you watch a guy come in and be like, stop that now. Yeah. Like, this is hilarious. Well, when Peter Horton is kind of like corralling them and keeping them back with oh, knives at different times, yeah. your feeling is, it feels kind of real because you don't know if the children in the corner are like scared of getting stabbed, but also it's clearly the scene hasn't really been blocked or rehearsed that much so the the inexperienced actor kids are just kind of trying to stay clear and there's just no resistance from them whatsoever and they're a killer they're a killer cult they're killer corn kids yes. and they they went into a diner and slaughtered people but they won't get near this guy that's really funny i didn't think about how uh those kids attitudes and all those scenes like the kind of cult will do whatever you say is like what some kids would be doing in a situation when like Hollywood comes to town. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Pull this pitchfork and chant for blood. Yep. It's like, okay, okay, I'll do that, sir. <laughs> 
what will be my reward? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, um, yeah. Uh, so that's really the only stuff. So then definitely when I was like watching it, there was like so many things that I was like, uh, this is, uh, new to me. Like, uh, um, forgot about the like silver bullet esque child narration. narration. Yeah. That's interesting. That popped up again. Yeah. Um, it did pop up again, and I I don't know if they're both holdovers from the books are written like that. It, it but must be. Uh, uh, the um, it did make me wonder, like the the times when the um, like the couple Linda Hamilton and like Peter Horton, it's about like forty minutes before they like meet those kids. Is she like telling their story? Do you think, or is it kind of like she's narrating the events in her life, but she never goes like, and meanwhile, there was a a young couple traveling to Seattle. I just, it, to me, it was a, a funny thing to think about. Like she's telling this story. She's like, meanwhile, I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. <laughs> I'm sort of blown away. I thought it was the boy narrating. It's it was. Uh, it was not the girl. Oh, so okay. I don't know why I said it was. Oh, because in Silver Bullet it was the girl, and I got okay. Confused. That's right. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I know it. The whole thing is baffling because the narration doesn't give you much anyway. Does it even come back? Does it do that thing that uh, like might. at least it should do, which is like, and then <sighs> no, it doesn't because oh maybe it did. That ending was, I mean, of in a hall of fame of abrupt endings yeah. that we have seen in these line of movies with many abrupt endings yeah. with the most abrupto. And that was tacked on too. That was like a last minute thing of let's, let's shoot this scene. It was. End. Yeah. Yeah. I missed they that. Oh. One more scare. Yeah. There's all kinds of interesting things. Part of the reason that I think there's so many good ingredients to begin with with this movie, but then the execution is so poor was that this was a $1.3 million budget. And then Stephen King said, if you're going to use my name on the marketing, I need $500,000 more. So they had to take that from the budget oh and boy. it became an $800,000 film oh boy. so that they could use Stephen King name in the promotion. But that's an interesting question. Like, is that worth it to you, Stephen King? Yeah, you got $500,000, but now your movie's shittier. So what kind of uh, proprietary respect do you have for your work? Like, what's where is that money best spent? I'm curious. Yeah. I wonder what this would have been like with a $1.3 million movie because they they ran out of money for all the visual effects, which is like horribly apparent, especially at the end when oh, you're seeing true... 2D animation fire. Uh, oh my gosh. It's I incredible. Just had the biggest smile on my face <laughs> when that animated anim, hand animated like fire came down or sucked even, in the fire. We're overselling it because it's hand drawn 2D, but it's not even animation. It's like just one frame superimposed over it of a still of fire. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh uh. <laughs> Somebody, and all these like, things were supposed to happen. Like there was supposed to be a dead dog instead of a bloody bandana. There was originally going to be a big creature, not something burrowing under the woods. There was all this plans for gore and special effects. And Isaac, when he came back from the dead, was going to be fully transformed. And instead they just oh. put some powder in his hair. And they gave him little... some trick-or-treat Halloween <laughs> night. Uh, you're going as a robot tonight, silver spray hair. Oh my God. <laughs> 
That looks like it should be photographed from like a camera that your mom's holding I before know. you go out I with know. your sister to go trick or treating. And then our lovely researcher Brantley Palmer, I read an interesting fact that I didn't know about Isaac that when he was cast, he was cast, and then the day before the shoot, he shot an Atari Star Trek commercial and played a Vulcan and had this haircut, and he came to set and they liked it, so they kept it. So he's got a. Uh, uh much like Halloween has a William Shatner Star yes, Trek mask. Yes. This is their connection. And there. he's 24 in this movie. He has a, a hormone deficiency. Okay. Before you said hormone deficiency, did you see how much my jaw dropped yeah. when I heard he was 24? Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, uh, is it like with his kidney? Like I, I'm a, not sure. Like, yeah, if it was kind of a, a Gary Coleman right. thing or Webster. Um, but did he, uh, 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 continue acting? I think he did, but I think both he and Malachi ran into some difficult times because they were so known as these creepos because of this movie, Um, even though Malachi was in uh, back to the future and a couple of other things. But, um, I noticed that the guy who played Isaac, uh, forget his name, Franklin, something Mm -hmm. Franklin, James Franklin, maybe, um, has been in some of the sequels because it's the most sequels for any Stephen King property. I'll say, (laughs) uh, I I think I watched Children of the Corn 2. Like, uh, soon after my friends and I in high school watched Children of the Corn or in junior high, then soon after we rented Children of the Corn 2. How many of these sequels are there? I want to say there's like nine. There could be more, but... There's room for sequels because you don't see what happens to the majority of those kids. Now, I know they run mm-hmm. off kind of forsaking mm-hmm. the corn cult or whatever. <laughs> but man, if ever there's a... This may be top, top of my list of a, of a quality remake that I would love yeah. to see. Because it's got so much good ideas. Yeah. And it's never been done right. Yeah. I was... Uh, when I was... Yeah. The setup was the thing that I was most like, whoa, this is just so perfect for uh, uh, a horror movie. Oh, just like the... So yeah, good. And the... Um, I mean, just the uh, um, instruments of death that can come from farming. Oh, those... You got those your scythe. Knives and... Yeah. Those yeah. Reapers and scythes and... Scythes, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, it's it's, so it's all uh, in their, their like toolbox. And the costume, the clothes, all the puritanical clothes. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm a, um, a sucker for... Um, this is true. Like... Uh, <laughs> I know people love their like Western vistas of uh, a monument valley. Uh, For me, when I see like a wide vista of a cornfield with big blue skies filling up most of the frame, all it I go bananas. It's like my, but you know, not. But how close did you see that on a daily basis? Were you near that in Iowa? Was it everywhere? Or oh yeah, I mean, I'm holding my tongue here because I'm just gonna choose my spots where I talk about how this was like <laughs> what I saw growing up. But that where they shot this just looks like my town. I mean, it was shot. Um, uh, I mean. It was so nearby. That's how my teacher's wife could be at it, don't right. you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, and I've even looked up the um, 
it on Google Maps, and a lot of the stuff is still standing. Um, like that factory? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's um, Hornick, Iowa, Whitting, Iowa, Salix, Iowa. These are where all the things were filmed? Yeah. The town itself? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Sergeant Bluff, Iowa. Sergeant Bluff was like uh huge uh <laughs> have you been to <laughs> not these a big places? town all of those yeah you know all these places yeah wow. and uh when so my town there was like parts that looked like that my town was like 10,000 people so it was bigger um and there were more clearly residential areas and burton vicky should have gone to your town is that their name oh yeah burton vicky yeah uh but um yeah, if they had gone there, they would have gotten some ice cream and some hospitality. There would have been a hotel. Children of um, the cold. But when we Children would of the cream. <laughs> when we would drive to the my parents' hometown where they met uh, and where my grandparents still lived, it was like a two-hour drive south of where we lived. Every town we drove through like looked like this. That's sort of like, and to some extent my town too, just like big, wide, tree-lined streets. Mm. With these really kind of gorgeously built, what do you think, like post-war brick buildings, just like on a main street that are like, um, they're probably a lot of times they're all unified. The I look is what's that? They're probably pre-World War II. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because if it was post-war, then it would be have a different look. Oh, it was probably. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of stuff in my town was built through. Um, oh, WPA. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got that look. Just this uh, wow. built. Yeah. Um, and there's a part where I don't know if you remember. There's like they're running down. And I lived around like farmland. A lot of people who lived on farms, friends, you'd go spend the weekend at their place overnight and mm -hmm. you just spend a weekend on the farm. Yeah. Uh, there's a part where they're running down like a muddy path with next to a grain silo and like a machine shed. And they kind of curl up and go to like a house. And then even the house they go into where all the crazy shit's happening like if I was trying to get somebody to understand about like 30 to 35% of my <laughs> setting of my like life and childhood, it would be that, which is like, when I see it as like, that's like, I mean, there's a part where she goes like, this is like the surface of the moon. There's nobody around. And <sighs> it is weird. It's like kind of this, like, uh, I love it. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country, oh, but wow. it is like otherworldly sometimes. Wow. That's um, romantic. Yeah. Oh, and then get to see like a blustery wind blow across some hair and stuff. It's oh. it's really nice. It brings me back. I've never been in a cornfield. I'd love to just walk through a cornfield. Or I guess they put one up in the valley for Halloween, like a corn maze, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun to walk, uh, walk through corn, run through corn. Sometimes you can get a little maybe like kind of the version of like a paper cut mm. where the, the, sh oh, the yeah, uh, they slice across your face. Really? Or, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. See, that's something I would never thought of. Uh, and people have detasseling jobs where you go in and you have to pull off the tassels of corn. Uh, so you have to detassel them. It's the worst work in the world. They get... 14, 15 year olds to do it. Children of the corn. Children of the corn. And you just walk up and down the rows plucking things and uh, plucking tassels off. Uh, but um, 
I, I'm sure some of the kids in this movie who were extras ended up detasseling later. Yeah. Yeah. When they, their big Hollywood careers didn't take off. <gasps> they were promised so much. I wonder if there was any sort of like classic sitcom episode thing of Hollywood comes to town and then the mayor's walking around with like an ascot. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know it. You know in each of those towns and they got together and they celebrate. I'm sure they still talk about it. Like, you know, there's plenty of those kids that like your friend, the oh, teacher, probably her students still go, what? You were in a movie? Tell us about this. Yeah. And rightfully so, you know? My uh, wife, Leslie, found out, uh, my lovely wife, Leslie, found out that uh, uh one of her sister, one of her teachers was a rockette, and <sighs> um, might have even been one of the rockettes that was in Annie, the oh movie. Oh my god! And so she says, when she was kids, when she was growing up, inevitably somebody would put on Annie, and the entire time in the Radio City Music Hall scene with the rockettes. They're just going, that's her, that's her, that's her, that's her. The delight kids take in seeing a teacher. I bet every one of these movies we've ever watched has an actor who's, somebody's like, Mr. So-and-so's yeah. in Creeper 6. <laughs> you were in the munchies. We're the munchies. Oh we're the munchies. He said we're the munchies. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Uh, so, um... Oh, and I don't know how we buried the lead on this. Matt, I've been saying it for the last day. To call this movie your alternate title of Corn Kids. <laughs> it was cracking up Leslie and I so much. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go watch Corn Kids. I texted Paul and said, see you tomorrow for some Corn Kids. That's what this should be called. I can't believe Children of the Corn is pretty cool, but Corn Kids is <laughs> corn very kids, cool. No. Is the book, the short story maybe called He Who lives or runs or walks behind the rose uh-huh. children of the corn is a better title than that i think yeah i mean they knew what they were doing with this uh going back to the ownership title or whatever stephen king's show of the corn they knew that title combined with his yeah. name over it is like they've already earned their money back which i guess is stephen king's argument the thing i thought you were gonna say you you laid it at the feet of stephen king as well you should but I also laid it at the feet of, I thought you were going to lay it at the feet of the production, which is sort of like, what is it worth to you to mm. promote this movie at the cost of? Like, yeah, I, they shouldn't I, have done it either. Neither of them should have gone. They were both that. wrong. Yeah. But it did, uh, it was kind of like, uh, oh, that is, uh, just made me think of that is the deal that like low budget exploitation movies have to make, mm. which is sort of like the, uh, the marketing is the thing that's going to get people to see this yes, movie. Yes, that's right. So how much do you... Because um, this is New World Pictures. It's uh, Roger Corman's 80s post. But the marketing was brilliant. And the movie, <sighs> frankly, doesn't live up to the marketing. I still like it. But yeah. the marketing, it's maybe among the best pitches in marketing and like ideas to get you in a movie that I can think of in many ways, at least in terms of how much it falls off by the time you sit down and you're 40 minutes in. But yeah, we haven't even gotten into what the premise is. I've said that they're like alone in a town, but the idea of a town that's run by kids because they all killed the adults in it is spooky central. And yet we don't really know why other than it's just some cult, but I guess- Yeah, at the beginning there seems to be like a drought. And so it was like they somehow had to pin the drought 
or 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 they use the drought. But yeah, you're right. There's no explanation. It was like a, a well. Steve, I guess the yeah. the explanation is the the burrowing guy who walks behind the weeds is possessing Isaac and getting him to do this because he is a supernatural being of some kind. Right. I guess that is the explanation. Bit of a letdown because I kind of want to just see a movie about corn kids going rogue. And then I guess Stephen King's original draft was really dark and Bert and Vicky die. Mm. And so they came in and did it. Another guy did another draft. I forget who. And, so yeah, by the time you get from the novel to the movie, it's different in so many ways. But oh, um, yeah, the uh, yeah, the kids trying to like kill them, and I don't know. It got me thinking, just like with these. So far, with all the Stephen King movies we watched, if a, if a kid's like rebellious, they're like on the kids' side. Yes. So it's, right, it's right. just, it's funny to think like, it's yeah. almost like a story about like, you can be anti-authority kids, but you, there's a line. Yeah. Okay. And then if you cross that line, we're going to side with the yuppies from out of town, the big city yuppies. That's the thing that most hit this watch was like, oh, I mean, I guess that's probably why I remember that preacher uh, the first time I watched it on the radio and then making fun of it. That struck a chord with me when I saw it when I was 14 or whatever. Uh, but like... Uh, it is the thing of like, I mean, that's what I liked about them holding off on the explanation. I felt like it was kind of like an Indiana Jones movie where, well, no, Indiana Jones movies usually let you know it's paranormal, whatever, supernatural to begin with. But I like Doug, how they, you didn't, she could do drawings of what was happening. Oh, that's yeah. somewhat supernatural, but not, yeah. there's a way to explain it. But when, the only time the movie scared me was when there was that roar yeah. of, uh, uh, what's his name, of uh, Isaac, yeah. before he came out that silver hair, <laughs> robot hair. That roar, even though the ground kind of came up, it freaked me out. I think because that was kind of like when they were finally like, this is a monster. Mm. Uh, up until that point, my it was sort of like, ooh, what if... I mean, I think I'd prefer maybe a story without supernatural elements. Yeah, I guess it just it it makes such a cool concept kind of ordinary. To me, I I mean I like both versions, but I think there's a world where it's just Isaac running the show. Yeah. But I mean, how are you ever going to cast as well as oh. Isaac and Malachi again if you remake it? Oh, when I was watching those Isaac the like few like two Isaac and Malachi scenes that you get that are so great. I was like, I wish in 1984 when this was made or, you know, when it was made that limited HBO series existed just so you could get like every episode, four scenes per episode between Isaac and Malachi talking about how they're going to like go forward with their plan. Especially hearing that Malachi was apparently very method. So when he would walk from his trailer to set, he would walk through the cornfield and get psyched up and try to get kind of. Okay. That is, (laughs) I saw that. I saw it on, uh, this is what I love so much about the performances is like, do you remember in high school, you'd go to another high school's theater to see a play yeah. or you're doing a speech competition and you're in the same district. It, it just seemed like at 
one at every school or one at every like school district had one young actor who was like talented. Yes. But they had a part of their brain or switch of like self-awareness, um, the possibility of humiliation, just like in a beautiful way, fully turned off. Uh-huh. And they could just like be puck from yes. like unabashedly. Yeah, absolutely. More so with Isaac the Balakai, but Isaac is that actor of just like somebody being on the stage walking around and being like i see what your yes, yes. uh 100% what your what motivations talking. are malachi and i, I despise 100%. them i know exactly what you're talking about part of it is he's 24 and he's probably done a lot of theater and acting uh-huh, uh-huh. but also thinks he's got a grand he doesn't have all the tools yet, but he's got this grand showcase of a yes. scene-chewing part. And yes. it, it makes for such a special ingredient. And then you got Malachi, who's actually pretty grounded in yeah. a lot of the stuff he does. But uh, then when I was watching, he is grounded. And it's funny to think of his method, because when I was watching their scenes, I was like, what's so great about this is like, sure, maybe older actors would be finer actors, in the, but you wouldn't get this like commitment. No. Like the absolute like... But it's like the level of commitment. Now I'm not disparaging of like pretend, yeah, of playtime, yeah. Like that's like what's so like infectious or, or uh, charming about especially it. when they're surrounded by kids who don't know yes. how to do that. So it's just uh, oh, you understand what, why they're the leaders, you know? When they're running around at that one part where they're like kind of running between like um, a brick building into the town square and then kind of like yeah. behind a house with some like a patch of kind of like dead grass. Right. And they're all like hiding and sneaky. I was like, this was hide to go seek for me when I was a kid. Oh. This exact like vibe. I mean, it was like funny cosplay. Like when he's like <laughs> walking down the street, uh, not necessarily my childhood or anything like that, but just like a funny, like <laughs> if you imagine a kid, a group of kids just being like, Outlander, <laughs> I know, up on the roof oh. with a shovel. Outlander. <laughs> uh, those kids all got to have like a really uh, good time. I bet. I mean, I bet the days were long. Still, and it was I, hot, but... I hope they had the same camaraderie that all the hobbits did on those movies, where these corn kids got corn kids tattooed <laughs> tattoos on them, and. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then the other actor, when you um, disc- when he goes in that church and like, hey, guys, if you got these really amazing actors who are playing the young guy who's about to turn 19 and yeah. is sacrificing himself and that girl. Yeah. Show, have them show up earlier in the movie. They're awesome. I know. Well, he's definitely a fly-in, too, because he was from Return of the Living Dead. He's that guy I talked about in Point Break that I always thought was so cool. Oh, Jack Philbin, is- I think. John Philbin. That is him. Oh, yeah. I know the other fly-ins who uh the the kids who the narrator boy and then his sister yeah they look like they're from a fucking life serial commercial yeah and however joseph who tries to escape must be a local but he's the talented little kid you're talking about in the community theater from that area because he had a real kind of community theater voice and i'll tell you what yeah oh my god that first scene when they're in the barn talking and it's just like they maybe didn't have times for like close ups or coverage, so they're just like shooting yeah. in a master three kids like all time. It I was like, this is the best of like children's community theater when you just like see a kid come out and be like, 
they are the most talented. But it's just still a funny like, man. I know you. You got to see this uh, as a, a theater director and a, a instructor, teacher. Where do you think that? Delivery comes from of like the Catherine O'Hara and the Cypherly sorry yeah. eyes. And it's learned and behavior. I think it's uh-huh. that thing of people see that kind of acting and think that's what they're supposed to do. And it's like the same way we have dialects and stuff. It's the same way all musical theater on Broadway right now has that very specific style of singing. I can't stand it. I can't it. stand it. But then think about like classic musicals and they were always very operatic and oh. And yeah. I couldn't stand that either. And then there was a time in like the seventies and the eighties where people would just seem to kind of sing like yes. almost rock singing and it was better, but it's yeah. just trends and learned behavior. Yeah. I can't. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I want to love musicals uh, and the new stuff on Broadway so much, yeah. but that like, Hey, I'm sorry. It sounds like blink one eighty two or something like, I need a one, need a one. Like that for me is what uh, we're like post rent. Oh, this yes, kind of like yeah. bringing a what's your version of the uh, the tonality you can't hear? Well, I <laughs> you don't want to hear. I'm thinking of the one that's a little more Disney like, and it's this kind of what are you gonna do? Oh, and they do yeah. a lot of gliding up to hit a perfect note. Yes, yeah. You know, and uh-huh. I, it's just so, it makes me cringe, you know, and yeah. I've never been a musicals guy. There's certain yeah. ones I love like everybody else, but modern yeah. musicals, woof, tough. Uh, but when they work, they work just like anything when they're, they're great. They're the best. But if yeah. there was a children <laughs> of the corn musical, and ah. I'm not joking. My God. Well, they could great. sing With the, kids. The, it'd be incredible. The main title could be like what I've been singing in my mind, which is, um, uh, it's probably the song I most like in my mind pull the uh, cadence from and put words to, which is uh, uh, Riders of the Storm by the uh, Doors. Yeah, like, yeah. Children of, of the Corn. Do, 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 do. You're gonna be forlorn. Do, 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 oh, Corn's a perfect word. You could rhyme so many rhymes oh with that. Oh, God. Your uh, neck, skin will be torn. Perfect. Oh God. Um, well, should we dig into Let's the dig into it to the um, the children? I just want to say, excuse me. Um, pardon me. Uh, I've been loving this spring king oh, flame. Me too, man. And I think it's partly because each maybe I've said this before. Each movie is its kind of own little genre. Yeah. So we're getting right. to see kind of like a different movie each week. It's cool. And I love anything about the cult, especially when it has to do with white Anglo-Saxon Christian-based, Christianity-based cults, because uh-huh. I'm so averse to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Pardon, forgive me, but I feel like Christianity in itself is a, just a giant cult. And so to see it distilled down to this, for some reason, it, which schadenfreude isn't the word. It's just like, Probably confirmation bias. I don't know, but I just love it. Yeah, or maybe like a um, not in the pejorative sense, but like a, a wish fulfillment, like or like telling it like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A, it's it's the movie's fulfilling the wish of it's telling it like it is. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, what for you? What movie do you think like uh, uh, 
most kind of has that charge. That's like a, um, cause there's, they're very few movies yeah. about like religion and class. Are yeah. Few and far between. Well, I think that's part of why I loved the first season of true detective so much. Yeah. It doesn't go full on cult, but there's certainly a society thing happening there that I yeah. just, I just dug so deep in. I'm so excited to watch Outer Range, which I know has some element of that too. What's that? That's a new show on Amazon with uh, ah. Josh Brolin. Oh. And it's supposed to be like Yellowstone meets True Detective meets Twilight Zone or something Oh like that. boy. Yeah. Um, I hope he like, Josh Brolin like walks through a door and then he becomes James Brolin. Oh That's like my the twist. God. But dressed as P.W. Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. Yeah. <laughs> Wicker Man. And it does seem that actually if this had the Stephen King ending, that this would have been more of a dark folk tale like Wicker Man. Oh, this is, yeah, totally Stephen King's version of like yeah. Wicker Man. I yeah, folk, this is folk horror, the witch. Yeah. Wicker Man. Yeah. And in contemporary uh, times. Yeah. Contemporary folk horror. Oh, I love it. Cool. Yeah, uh, Jeepers Creepers, I think, would be up your alley too, Betty. Uh, I gotta see. I, I know that's that problematic production. I've only seen the second one, but oh, Justin Long didn't murder that many people. <laughs> I think you could watch it. <laughs> well, I'm watching Tokyo Vice with Ansel Elgort and loving it. Is this so funny? How like just uh, uh, nobody wants to like think about him. I know. Ever, it's yeah is he done nobody knows but i do feel for all the other actors in that show because this could very well have a second season and you know they're like i don't know if we can shoot this with him or whatever oh yeah think about the and amount obviously of, the women that he yeah or just the amount of uh, uh on camera behind camera people whose um uh livelihoods have been messed up because one person's like can't yeah their life has consequences not just for themselves right for people who uh are trying to have livelihoods it's like really and that's me on the um uh side of that person who got wrong that person who got canceled is wrong not saying the process of cancellation right. that caused these people that's it, it is that's not wrong but isn't it that's weird people now seeking out justice how, but yeah for somebody who's like yeah you effed it up what were you going to say Sorry. well just how everyone now because there's been so much of this reckoning and cancellation and all this stuff now everyone has to set their own bar to what they're willing to tolerate to watch something so you know it's like i think for most people bill cosby is a no-brainer you like yeah. it's just too hard to watch anything he's done because you know he's just yeah all evidence shows he's a reprehensible human being yeah then you're getting into these like Someone was, you know, uh, you got your, like, the spectrum, the pretty bad Woody Allens, the Kevin Spaceys to the Johnny Depps, and then into Ansel Elgort and Ryan Adams. And then you get to, like, Aziz Ansari, who just had, he was kind of a dick, right? And so where everyone has to make their own decision now, and apparently, because I, I honestly don't know that much about the Ansel Elgort thing, 
I'm watching Tokyo Vice and and clearly that by definition I'm suddenly like okay well my bar isn't doesn't go this low I don't know it's, yeah you know it's not like I'm condoning or anything but the no, other no, people but yeah. there really is a weird thing where I'm it's something I've never had to think about before because sometimes you feel guilty watching these shows with people in them but at the same time. I wasn't lying when I said I feel bad for Rinko Kikuchi and Ken Watanabe in this show. They've done amazing work in this oh. thing, and I they, their work shouldn't be tucked under the rug because of something that happened with this guy too. You know? Yeah, I mean, Gorley, we've had how many years? Three years of this podcast, and we've yeah. never really talked about the thing of like, how can you watch something, or how do you feel yeah. about watching something? Um, the uh, that component that you just said at the end there. This isn't something I tell myself to absolve myself of guilt. It's a legitimate thing I, I've thought, which is like that that when I watch something, I'm like, well, that movie with that one person, that's not the movie isn't that one person. Right. I can go and enjoy a performance, or I can go and enjoy, especially yeah. if it's an actor, I can watch something that's like a writer or director expressing how they feel about life to the audience. And I can just absorb that, you know, mm -hmm. um, again, this is not at any point apologizing no, or, or trying to that. excuse anything. Anybody, uh, who's been canceled has done. It's, it's more like, yeah. Uh, I guess what you're saying is like an exploration of like where your line is. Yeah. And you don't even have to be public about it. It's yeah. just, everyone's got one. We went to take Glenn to an Easter egg hunt in the park and this, classic rock DJ at like eight in the morning was playing Michael Jackson. And you're just kind of like, yeah, I guess he's back. He is cause he's dead. Does that make a difference too? Well, this is, uh, but I, I can't, I don't know if I've, I don't think I, we've ever talked about it this way. Um, but it's something I've thought for a while, which with the, especially the Michael Jackson aspect, uh, with music versus literature, television and film. Uh huh. Um, so dumb. And what I'm going to say, I'll think is dumb forever, <laughs> but <laughs> what a setup, but, uh, like music has this sort of like immediate, almost non-intellectual response. Interesting. That like is biological. That is hard to, that's true. Disassociate. You're, that's you're, true. Dance into a groove. Yeah. So you're, it, you go, well, I am enjoying this. So I can't talk myself out of the beat. <laughs> That's so true. I but think. with literature well and like a Woody Allen movie, that is really somebody going, I'm opening up my brain and I'm showing you what my brain is. And, uh, uh, that's where I think somebody can have a lot of in 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 good ways stopping off points on the train mm. where you go like okay you're going down this avenue it's your own intellectual avenue so I have to have an intellectual response to your thing and then it's easy then to get off the train you're just like okay I'm not gonna watch uh, Stardust Memories now yeah. <laughs> like or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fascinating. Wait, this brings me to, it's semi-related in that this is a moral quandary that I thought about in this movie. And I wanted to know what you thought of this. Oh, okay. okay, let's say you're a parent and you have a kid who's auditioned for Children of the Corn, mm -hmm. but they're like Isaac or Malachi. 
do you feel okay with your kid being in that movie playing a sinister role? And let's say you have some sense that, that, that the reason they're cast is because of the way they look, which I think is the case with these two. Uh, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and both of them have said, I've seen it in, in interviews and stuff that it was difficult for them after. And Isaac himself, Franklin, James Franklin, I forget his name. Mm went to a restaurant one time and a family was sat next to him and the woman complained because it was the Isaac from children of the corn and they asked to be moved tables. And so would you knowingly let your kid, I mean, I wouldn't even probably let my kid go into Hollywood in any way, unless she like really was an adult and proved that she wanted to do it. But that's, yes, how I feel. Yeah. I, I I watch, uh, um, 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 us saying that now it's gonna bite us in the butt I when know, people I in know. 10 years when our daughters are both winning their joint oscars together <laughs> because of the movie they both starred in well, yeah we'll be like oh we were wrong conjoined twin <laughs> the conjoined three years drop. apart yeah uh yeah um right for starters i think that'd be like a, a big question a parent has to ask yeah even if uh uh, uh no matter what, like, am I going to put my kid in this line of work? And then, yeah, it's like. Both of these I mean, actors are probably over 18. I know, we but know one it's is, the but. same question you could ask about like uh, child actors who are husky. And then yeah. parents knowingly know that that's a type that's going to get exploited. I know. I, I, it's maybe I, not the coolest thing. someone in a movie, you see that they're a cast because the character is called ugly or fat. Yeah, I just don't know how you would ever do that casting call. I just, to me, it would never be worth it. Yeah, I'll see those like words on a script sometimes, and I'm like, just give them a name. Like, just don't call the person fat customer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, call, it's like Sam. Parentheses, lard ass. Yes. <laughs> then get your jabs in. Um, I mean, in general, the like. Uh, we're going down and now a completely different. Uh, well, not really. Cause we're talking about like people's appearances and stuff, just any sort of like, um, exploiting a thing that somebody is born with or can't control is like weird Something territory. That, yeah, could give them trouble. And yeah. No, if I, if I it's before they can really fully make the choice of what they're, how they're going to be seen in a movie. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to, for grownups to understand that. Now Malachi's not a bad looking guy. They they've exaggerated him. And I also yeah. read that he had buck teeth at the time, and so he exaggerated his own overbite. Yeah, and he's in Can't Buy Me Love. He's yeah. he's been in some good stuff. I think he's a good actor. But um, he had he's suffered typecasting and said people didn't want to sit next to him at a diner either. I'm sure. I mean he would be scary. I I mean But at the same time it's like who cares that's kind of cool they have a cool story they were adults probably when they chose it i don't know i just find it fascinating i know what you mean yeah it isn't that's a huge component of like movies and casting like uh i mean but is there a more hand in glove face body uh vibe meets character name than that actor and malachi i know and isaac that's like why those names stayed with me forever. Me it's like too. Malachi and Isaac. Yeah, they just weren't names you heard anymore. Also biblical, and 
than the costumes and right. Yeah. So let's get into this. Thing. Sure. Yeah. It takes place three years ago is all it says. We don't get a yeah. year. So like technically it could be 2019. I think it is 2019. <laughs> Whatever point you're watching it, it's three years before that. Yeah. Always. <laughs> I love the sparse opening of just the shots, mm-hmm. the still shots kind of reminds me a little of the ending of Halloween too. The, or the beginning of Halloween 4. Yeah. And the beginning of Red Dawn, <laughs> which is a movie that sounds like a slasher and is why I want to cover it at some point. Of course. So, because it's so timely. Uh, another great opening desolate shots is uh, the last picture show too. It's like yeah. uh, it's it's a uh, no country for old men. Does it? Yeah. It's like really uh, to see. What do you think that is? Seeing a desolation at the beginning of a movie. I don't know. It just gives you like a vast loneliness. It's so great. Yeah, I bet it looks really cool. And then you, the feeling of like loneliness. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is true. Sometimes I've thought about like, they are all movies in some ways about kind of like <laughs> lonesomeness because if you're watching it, a lot of times you're doing it either with yourself to have a entertain yourself or you're watching with a group in hopes of not being lonesome. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know, Paul. I think we're getting real philosophical. Uh, here it's and too, I like too it. philosophical. Well, you know, everybody just sit back and just think about your oh, life. Oh, Matt, I thought about this like a week and a half ago. This isn't philosophical. It was, I don't really ever stop to think about the things I say here. I get kind of like, Neither. Just in the buddy zone, yeah. That I'll say stuff, and I'll remember, and it's not like incorrect stuff or inappropriate stuff. It's just like a feeling or like a thought or a notion about a movie that I get so embarrassed by, and I'm just like, it's out there, Paul. I know it's well, out there, and you can't. Get- so, we get so lulled into a friendly conversation, you forget you're talking into a microphone, and that everything's. That I'm saying all movies forever. are about loneliness. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it's endearing. I'm not going to say Jesus Christ anymore. Oh, Malachi. Oh, Malachi. Oh, Malachi and Isaac. Yeah, but no, definitely that beginning is uh, so cool. And if it the title had said Corn Kids over it, that it would have been really good. <sighs> but this is in the era of Stephen King's Silver Bullet, too. Yeah. Just like they now put his name over the, the title. That's the, the right. selling point. Right. Um, Where John Carpenter got Christine. Yeah. Interesting that that And then in the notes that were provided by us, that is when John Carpenter got off the ownership because he was driving down Sunset. He saw a thing that said John Carpenter's Christine directed by John Carpenter. It was like too many John Carpenters. And then you started using um, aliases. That's right. But do you think there was any point where Stephen King was like, why why does John Carpenter get to make this thing? John Carpenter's Stephen King's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse Christine. <laughs> I mean, the ownership title has always like struck me as weird. Yeah. Yeah. Rennie Harlan's Die Hard 2. I mean, I guess if I like the filmmaker of the movie, then by all means, make it Rennie Harlan's Die Hard so 2. Gore Bravinsky or Gore Bravinsky's Mouse Hunt. <laughs> Those t- Gore Bravinsky and John Turtletaub were directors who had no. Household name recognition, but we're above the title or in the trailer is National Treasure, Treasure, a John Turtletaub film. I don't know what it is, but both of those filmmakers are fully under the Buena Vista Pictures banner. Must have been some like agency package deal to yeah. make him as a 
as a director or something. John Turtle Tom. Because we said his name uh, when we, what did we watch that had some Turtle Tom on it? Yeah, I forget. It was oh, a oh, different Turtle shark. Tom, right? I think it was the original Turtle Tom oh, when we watched The Meg. And it ended, and oh. the title came. I was like directed by John Turtle Tom. That's I was like, right. I've been watching a Turtle Tom this what? whole Turtle time. I thought I turtle recognized it. Now, uh, speaking of turtles, people talk about turtle heads popping up for poop. Yeah. That's not the situation here, but a turtle head popping up for pee is happening. Can we take a bath? Yeah, thing? a goldfish head. We'll be right back. <laughs> With Corley and Ryan. Contingency plan, or, or or like a like a pesticide they put in there or something. But oh, do you think it was like a long con where for like the last six months one of the kids of the future kids of the corn is like working a short order cook, so you well, can finally think, have an opportunity yeah. to put a pesticide he must in have been, some but soup. What timing that everyone got their coffee at the same exact time? I guess maybe they're all coming back from church or something. But still, yeah the the after church diner was definitely a vibe. Okay, and seeing them in there next to a big gumball machine, oh boy, <laughs> uh, he just needed a cigarette machine uh, uh, to 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 finish it off. Um, but we did get to see Malachi next to a pinball machine and That's pull a cool. knife from out from underneath it. That has to probably happen like in the 80s, probably happened once a day at an arcade. It <laughs> pulls a knife from under a pinball machine. I didn't I noticed that came from under the pinball I machine. I think it did. I think oh. he'd no, it was it like I had my yeah. head wires. I want to know, I want to see the early days of this formation of this. Yeah. So I, Isaac presumably gets somehow in conversation with the burrowing, the, gra- the satanic groundhog or whatever. <laughs> Then convinces all these, a number of these kids to join him enough yeah. to kill everybody. And then they kill all the parents and then take those kids that have not yet joined and kind of adopt them. But those kids are never fully indoctrinated, like Joseph and Job and Rachel, I think. Right, 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 right. Those kids, yeah, kind of hold out, I guess. Interesting. I mean, what do you think happened to the kids who were like, 
when the bloodbath happened, they were like 18. I'm going to get a year of the goods here before I get sacrificed. Yeah, they're in the book. I mean, they knew it, but they had to convince them pretty quick, probably. Yeah, I guess if you're in a cult, the whole thing is you're excited, you're ecstatic to go and sacrifice Amos yourself. was. He was that kid that was going to die. He was <laughs> yeah. super... Because he would have uh, 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 sacrificed himself to the, the Caddyshack gopher. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, whether it's Tremors or Caddyshack, I love the Im- or this movie. I love the image of the it's rippling great. ground. Did like, you read how it was done? No, it's a upside down wheelbarrow on, with wheels on its bottom, and a trench dugout that was done by the local Boy Scouts. By the way, <laughs> that's how low budget this was. <sighs> Then they put like a tarp over the wheelbarrow along the path and then put dirt on top of that. And it was connected to a cable, which was connected to a tractor, which would pull it and that would shove the dirt up. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I mean, it really is. That effect was pretty good. I think that would have been way better than whatever they would have pulled off with an actual monster at the time. Probably would have been something like stop motion, like in the golden child. Yeah. Make a Pepsi can dance. Oh, like yeah. In the oh yeah. Uh no, I mean like that's almost like a Jaws level yeah. fix. That dirt going up there, yeah, is way better than you know, somebody in a costume or stuff. Yeah. Um the uh um where where uh so then we meet the couple, right? Any other diner thoughts? Go no, on. just that hell of a start to this movie. I mean yeah. you're you're it's kicking off strong, this movie. That's true. And uh, uh, do you think, wait, like, do you remember this, like, CBS reality show that I think, like, they didn't air or it was controversial when it aired about, like, a town that's run by kids? Oh, yes, I do. I think it did did air, air. but it was controversial. Yeah, Yeah. It's like kids town or something You're like that. Right, yeah. It should have opened with the scene. Just like see those kids come into a diner, like slaughter a, a, a <laughs> bunch of grownups. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was like a reality show trying to do Lord of the uh, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, so yeah, then the uh, oh, we also find out that they she has the psychic hookup with yeah. drawings, and I love the credits of. Showing what has happened in the three years with the the drawings and yeah. stuff. Now, you know my thing with children's drawings. That right. Same with protest signs that they always look over designed. This mm-hmm. would, I would say, were good. They were. I give it a five or a six out of ten. Clearly done by an adult, but not done so much by their <laughs> ego that they had to make it look better than it should be. Like they still uh-huh. look like a shitty kid's drawing, but you can tell they were done by an adult. Yeah, so you five could. or six out of ten. Yeah, you the um. Do you think one of the four the 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 biggest signs? I don't think the drawings had this, but when they draw a, a girl, they have perfect swirly curls off the head. Yes. And no kid ever some, draws that. No. And what kids always do is draw the head of a person and the legs coming straight out of the head. Yeah. You got to get that in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, it actually made me wish all movies after like the opening prologue, when the credits happen, 
uh, there's just kids' drawings of what happens yeah, next. that'd be pretty great. It catches you up, so then you don't have to see the boring parts. <laughs> the guy. The exposition. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, we meet this couple. Um, you know, it's so funny that I like all the Children of the Corn actors so much in this movie. Um, but even outside of Children of the Corn, I've always found Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton really unappealing. I'm not. I'm not in on them either. She's better than him, but they're both unappealing. Yeah, she she I felt her uncomfortableness in this movie, especially mm. when she had to dance. I know she was uncomfortable in that scene, didn't want to do it. Oh. And they're fighting in the car. The characters aren't well. Yeah. They're almost just ciphers. They don't they kind of don't matter in a way, but it would be nice to have characters you cared about a little bit more. Yeah, and, and knowing like where they're like where are they coming from and stuff like what's their yeah. I mean it's cool they just get like dropped in on a couple and you don't know much about them but it did feel like I mean this same year as uh, the Terminator yeah so Linda Hamilton was I wonder if this came before or after but um, yeah I like that scene of her dancing that's funny that she was uncomfortable in that because that was like one of the few scenes when they were I mean you said that they were arguing I checked when the first argument happened it was like 35 minutes I was like good for this couple I know like I guess in the book the whole first act is them just arguing in the car oh yeah I could tell that they wanted to make it seem like these two are in in love but in the hotel when she's asking like about commitment and and marriage I did think like she should have said like when are we going to have corn kids of our own? <laughs> Did she pull that? I know she pulled the... She pulled that cake out of the nightstand? That was in there all night? I guess it would be a little melty. It would be kind of like a little gross. Yeah. Smell like an old Bible. Yeah, I know. Already they're getting a dose of it. Oh, think of all the gross stuff that's been in a hotel room, uh, dr- motel room drawer. Yeah, like day-old cake. With shag carpeting, no less. Did you see that hotel? <laughs> no. Uh, when they're walking along, it was like thick. It's funny because they were trying to go for a fake out. Like maybe, I was like, the last thing I saw that happened was uh, in a town like a deserted town, not a hotel. You're not fooling me. Wait, what? They did like a fake out where it was like, you think Peter Horton's going to be killed. Oh, yes. Like oh, right. And it's right. like, yeah. I don't think Malachi's in here, guys. No, come on. Those aren't Malachi's feet? No, those are Hamilton feet. Uh, um, which is, uh, oh, oh, oh. And then they're driving. I noticed a, a Stephen King paperback on the yeah, dashboard. Yeah, Night there. Shift, right? Yeah. That's the book that this is from. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and they go by, uh, 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 oh, and he's a doctor, by the way. Yeah. So, emergency room. He, a man of science and yeah. medicine having to go into a world that is unknown to him. I do like that setup, though. That yeah, is I do cool. too. Again, everything about this, the ingredients are all top notch. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of buy it. Like if you put up a bunch of road signs that are confusing and you make sure a gas station isn't really there to kind of bring people and then soon people know like, oh, you don't go to that gas station. They don't have it. I could see how this could. Yeah. Uh, I guess people have relatives, right? They have to be like, where's... Yeah. My brother, John, hasn't called me in three years. 
I, I bet know. it's because Malachi killed him. <laughs> that kid. Yeah, it it maybe shouldn't have been three years. It should have been like nine a summer months or something. Yeah. Yeah. So like things are still kind of new. Yeah. Because yeah, utility workers would have to go into that town. There's some infrastructure that would have to happen. Yeah, unless it's a town that's like near collapsed near ghost town already that was basically yeah. a town that didn't people didn't was almost like yeah it's a weird bible town we don't go through it before it became children of the corn children of the corn was just like an extension of its weird religion i mean yeah. in iowa there are um not saying the children of the corn but it's just like uh mennonite yes and and uh, central california too oh okay and Amish. I mean, like, I think when you first see them, it looks like Amish or, yeah. um, we had some Christian, I think they were Baptist. This is a Baptist church in this movie. The bat, there was a Baptist family in my town that I remember had to wear like clothes that their mom made. Mm. I used to go do an improv show at this little town in central California every year called Reedley, and it was a German Mennonite town. And oh. Interesting combination. Yeah. Improv and Mennonites. Were there like uh, improv suggestions like butter churn? <laughs> barn building. <laughs> I guess it was this movie where they got into a bar and I was like, about time, guys. Yeah. I love some hot barn action. Yeah. You waste, waited until like 20 minutes left of this movie. I know. There is a little too much Burton Vicky time for my tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially that opening when they hit the kid. Like... It could have started with that. Think about that. Yes. That was brutal too. Yeah, that was like crazy. That just like full on smashing into the kid. Uh, and then, yeah, they stop and then he's like, uh, I checked the suitcase and the blood had blood coagulates within four minutes. Yeah. Oh, because he's a doctor. Yeah. I see. That famous, there's a famous story about how when the kid was under the blanket, they told Linda Hamilton because the asphalt was so hot, it couldn't be the kid. It was going to be a mannequin. So she went up and it was the kid to really get a scare out of her. Ah, that's good. I, uh, um, the, it was a good jump scare. Yeah. It was a little was. cheap. Yeah. But I, I didn't mind it. I liked it. Especially like, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it too. It's just like no kid would ever survive that insane <laughs> impact of the car. Like the fact that his body is intact at all. I know. Uh, um, the, uh, 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 sorry. The, um, yes. Oh, can just that, that little moment where they're talking about the making fun of the, before the impact. Um, uh, when they're talking about the preacher on the thing, like when I saw that, when I was like 13 or 14, I had seen plenty of stuff that like, Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker were punchlines. Yeah. Like I'd watched Saturday Night Live and I knew that like type of preaching wasn't my church. Right. Um, just thinking about it now, why like it stuck. I think it was that somebody would be in our area making fun of it. it, it what was weird for me? Like I, I knew that I could watch a TV show and it would make fun of a preacher, but that was like being beamed in from a city. Uh -huh. Like, I think like 
seeing a setting with people coming in from out of state and then making fun of the state like rattled me in a in a what kind of way not in a you didn't like it was it? just not in a like i don't like it it was like a i haven't seen this before like oh. what what's happening like interesting it wasn't until because i grew up in a very conservative area of iowa which is already a conservative state but like when I went to the University of Iowa when I was 19, I met somebody. It was the first time I met somebody whose parents were openly uh, pro-choice. Mm. Like if there were pro-choice people I grew up with, adults, yeah. I never met them. I right. never knew them. So just like that, like uh, I think just seeing a uh, wait, that kind of thinking can exist here interesting within this realm was like a little weird oh wow um did you but like you grew up i mean i think we both like it's just kind of like different vibes of christianity yeah mine was the new kind the calvary chapel born again so uh, are there like acoustic guitars and stuff oh, broken out there oh god repetitive repetitive so much so that sometimes when I write music for Townland, that because you know I, I live in that software rock realm, yeah. it's it's real adjacent to that, and I have to be really careful because <laughs> it, <laughs> it's so easy to slip into that kind of. Who are like the giants of that, or or are they just doing old standards? So because yeah. I remember like a Michael W. Smith yeah, or something. And jars of clay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They, yeah, they were though. They were doing these like acoustic rock versions of old hymns you know okay and just gcd over and over and over again and, yeah and just everybody with their hands up now i was not fully raised in this it came along later yeah. so i always call it it was my inoculation like i had just enough to show me that that's <laughs> yeah and um that's funny. my mom was in it and so she met my stepdad and um They've since leveled out a little bit, but yeah, it was I, rough going to that. Oh. Yeah, Jars of Clay, I think I was introduced to them because, um, I, you know, I went to the Catholic school in my town and then there was the public school that was bigger. Um, and you would intermingle with kids mostly from the public school at like doing community theater musicals uh -huh. in the summertime. So that's when like... The Catholics and the Protestants are finally uh, uh, intermingling, and uh, the 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 people who just so happen to be really into theater at the public school were also like born again, and the people who are interested from the Catholic school were Catholic and uh, dispassionate, weird, withdrawn. Catholics in the face of this just like huge energy of yeah. and and I remember what it was it was like you know after opening night you go to somebody's house to have a bunch of sober fun yeah. <laughs> uh, while the grown ups who are the play get drunk around you're like but uh, so it's just a bunch of dorky wholesome teenagers all hanging out at some grown ups house and I remember just this group of eight 17 year old guys in a hot tub across the backyard who I'd known all summer just going like, and if I can't live after 40 days, I was like, what is that? Oh, What's God. going on over there? And somebody was like, God. it's jars of clay. And I was like, jars of what? <laughs> 
<laughs> so weird. It I mean, was. whatever. If it makes somebody happy, were, I'm they happy. They were a crossover hit. They were on mainstream radio. That's right. Because they had a little alt rock bent. Yeah, there was an edge. But speaking of that kind of Christianity, yeah. a member of my extended family, I have plenty of religious people in my family, but there's one that's extremely into it. And I took a break during this movie to go pee and I just looked on Instagram and she had posted this very Christian like cornfield looking thing like right when I was watching this movie and it was just oh oh, that's funny maybe she was a child of the corn she's got that vibe sometimes guys just get your aesthetics down yeah (laughs) your movies just make them look like beautiful movies it'll go down a lot easier Christian entertainment is always at least 10 years behind in style, tone, feel. It's it's zeitgeist minus 10. Yeah. And so it's always so fun to watch because it's so... The last good, slick, pro-Catholic entertainment was The Exorcist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's when we really had our peak. Now, aesthetically, I I will say, hey, those, those... churches over in Italy and stuff. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's old that's, school. That's some nice aesthetic. Yeah, no, Catholics got it down. It's Christian. It's it's born-again Christianity that is always trying to chase the tales of like hard rock, too, when it's yeah. like there's like Christian death metal bands. And it's just yeah, I mean, missing the, the point 100%. I'm generalizing, but I partly think that's like um, the – I think there's like a, a Catholic – richness in the work of Coppola, a Scorsese, yeah, yeah. a De Palma, oh, yeah. a, a Fellini, those like, uh, just like yeah. sumptuous in- images and stuff. I'm like, oh, that comes from, you sit in a church and you look at just these oh, like definitely. beautiful, definitely. yeah. There's, um, maybe I'm biased because I watched Catholicism from afar, but there's a rich history and tradition, whether it's good or bad is one thing, yeah. but there's enough I'm to draw too. on yeah. that it does have a sense of something bigger than itself where born again Christianity is a hundred percent lacking taste. <laughs> it is so unoriginal in its taste. It steals from everything. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it's music, it's style, yeah. it's, it's tone. It's, yeah. You know, it's funny the bind a little bit of being, um, I'm not a practicing Catholic now, but like just the, to be a modern day living Catholic. And it is this like the bind is like, not the bind, there's many binds, but it's just like, oh, you gotta, um, there's just such ugliness in uh, sexual abuse and the way, not only that it's happening, but then to make it worse by the way it's shoved under the rug, which then in itself is such a suggestion for how things are handled in general with yeah. that religion. You know, this is with so ugly. Yeah. Uh, and really destroys people <laughs> in such a terrible way. And then the other side, it's like um, uh, Catholic Charities, the, the organization is like the number one charity in the world. It's like they give the most money to the most amount of people in the world. And you're like, oh, fuck, what the, 
What am I supposed to do with that? It's a moral quandary, man. It's, it is a moral so quandary. Al and Tokyo Vice all over again. As rich as the moral quandaries that are asked in Children of the Corn. And the parents of letting their kids be cast in Children of the Corn. Yeah, th- those are all the same questions. If you are if you got a husky kid and you're yeah. willing to have him in a summer camp movie be the husky kid, it's the same thing as like, should I let my kid be in a cult? Right. Um. Now, I'm sorry, Matt. What were you going to say next? Uh, the um, go ahead. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, I do like um, when you get to start meeting the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's like uh, what what's really great about like the village that M Night Shyamalan movie and stuff, where like people have old speak in contemporary oh, yeah. times. Oh, yeah. is it's really great. great. That's great. When people are talking like uh, like in a Bible to each other, yeah. Um, but then I love like the academic doctor's understanding of, hmm, looks like primitive folk art. Yeah, yeah. You stuffed shirt. <laughs> um, it, it is kind of then funny, like too, asking sort of like, what is the um. Not that anybody has to have a feeling about it when they're making it, but it, it, is the idea of this movie like the decision to go into the city is same with wicker man. Is it like city and suburbs are safe? They do keep this kind of craziness out, out of our realm. Or is it like, Hey, city types, you got to open yourself up to the idea that in other parts of the world, there's mystical things happening. Uh, no, I don't think this was pro corn kids. I think this was, uh, if if there's a message, and I think maybe the message was lost in translation from screenwriter to king to novel, yeah. that you know, like religion can be dangerous. And, I guess that's what it is. But yeah. at the end, when he's yelling at the kids, he yeah. says something like, "You're any religion should be about love, yeah. not hate." And yeah. you're twisting the words of this Bible. Yes, I guess that's the. And speaking of cults, there was a time where this music sounded just like Molaram. Malaram, Sudaram, Malaram, Malaram from what, Temple of Doom. Uh, well, my friends and I, you know, even only we watched it once, we would always sing the song as Malachi. Really? Malachi, Malachi, Malachi. Oh. We thought like it'd be funny if they were singing Malachi. Someone made a, a picture. I'm sorry, I don't remember who it is. Referencing something that's happened on the Conan podcast where Conan has talked about going to dinner with James Lipton, the dean of the actor studio in that uh-huh. show. And they were at a restaurant and behind them was a painting of a naked woman. And it was a painting that just so happened to be of his wife, whose name was Katakai. And Conan tells that the story that he goes, he showcases the painting. And he goes, Katakai, as God made her. And so it's become this running joke where people, when they see Conan yell, Katakai as God made her, but someone made a picture and it said, Malachi as God made her. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Yeah. Oh, I love telephone. Yeah. Things have got that. Uh, um, so then it's not until like, a, a, oh, when they're... Um, Seeing that the signs are all mixed up, I was thinking, what if Children of the Corn, it wasn't like that they're like a cult. They're just like little shits. Yeah, they're just imps. They're little munchies. Misbehaviors. Gremlins. Um, we're 30 minutes in, and there's still no sign that this could be uh, supernatural. Uh, you got that gas station guy 
who's like, I didn't say anything. I kept my word. Yeah. Um, which you could just think he's cuckoo. Or but, just but just talking to the kids. He's right. Yeah. Right. What did he do though? Why did his dog get killed? He didn't spoil anything. Yeah, he, I'm not sure. I think they just wanted to cram in a little kill in there. So too. I don't think that gas station guy had a coma. Yeah. Um uh when that guy, when the old man in the gas station goes into the barn and the kids are like gathering their weapons to kill him, he's like, Come at me, come at me. The, those, first of all, that old man and those kids were not there the same day. There's no, no point. No, they, he shot his whole thing in one day. Well, it goes to show pages. because there's times where like he's going in there into the shack that's like four foot by four foot and kids are like, oh, like in light picking up his, and he's not seeing them. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, they're not, there's no continuity here. So they only had him for a day. Uh, yeah, apparently. And Before I don't know had to if get that back was... to the Dubuque airport and fly out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie after this guy's killed really dips for me. It has a long, boring stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you meet the um, the blue man, that like yeah, cop. The sheriff, yeah. I was like, uh, ooh, these kids are ACAB. Very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. And th- apparently that was supposed to be in the script where they flashback and you see the death of the blue man oh and he was like the authority who came in to try to be like one last stop like kids don't do this i think yeah i think he yeah something like that um yeah so it dips into you then when they finally get into that like town square and they're going into the diner um uh yeah because then they have that weird they go into the town and um, that's when they see the kids um, trying to steal their car. Yeah. Um, and they had a little ADR I noticed of him going, yeah, let's get out of here. We'd be better off in a bigger town anyway. <laughs> right. If there was any choice that we they were going to stay there. Um, and then, yeah, would you also put in this kind of boring stretch like, when he stops and he looks around in that house. Yeah. Um, it's not till he goes, basically goes into the church. Mm-hmm. That but, it kicks back in. Yeah. And I don't normally like seeing kids pushed around by adults in movies, but in like him pushing Malachi around because they're such little bastards. Yeah. Malachi's an adult. He can hold his own yeah. against Peter Horton. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I love Malachi's Southern California accent. In this whole he's thing such too. a surfer, dude. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so funny that when he's talking to Isaac, who's like talking like, I'm the fell forth of yes. Dennis on yes. the good dog. And Isaac has that perfect halfway through puberty voice where it's half high and half low and kind of squeaky in between. What was going on with Isaac's voice though when he got, when he died? It was like the highest pitched scream. I think because oh, okay. he's halfway through puberty uh physiologically because of his hormone thing. I see, but but uh Malachi did have a good like in in between voice too. No, Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yes, but yeah. when he screams it gets it goes to the it regresses or something. I don't know. Yeah. But. Uh um it was when he was looking around in that house. Um it did deliver what I think is the real staircase setup. 
in, in life, not in horror movies, because it was shot like at a real house. Yeah. The staircase to the right of the front door. Okay, it's not this psycho or scream level house where you walk in and the staircase is right in front of you. You have a real issue with that. Huh? I because people have lived in homes, they know the layout. And when I saw him walk in the thing and I saw the little and he went up there, I'm like, this is scarier because I know that's how houses are. Wait, I'm confused. What do you mean? So like when he came in, yeah. I would say half of the houses that I would go into, they looked like this. Okay. And I was thinking, I probably watched Children of the Corn at a sleepover in a house that looked just like this. But like, he comes in. Well, the thing I hate, you know, is the, you open the front door and the staircase is in direct alignment yes. with the front door. And you door. hate that with houses or movies? I hate that movies do it because I never. But that Myers house is a real house. Yeah, but. <laughs> and a home alone. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the okay. monsters. Oh, 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 okay, here's what I'm trying to say. More often they're like you're right, this. You're more right. often, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. More yeah. often they're like this, and you're I wish right. it was more like that. You're oh right. my god, you're very kind, Matt, to be like you're right. You're letting me off. <laughs> but easy that's funny. Here. You should say that because we've had this discussion in that in our house. I shouldn't too. say never. You never see no, those things. Right. I should just more, say yeah, more yeah, often. Less than often. Not. And who yeah, does yeah. want to walk right into a stairwell? You're right. Yeah, we have been considering the very beginnings of maybe needing to put a second story on this house, and so a we, house two, house two, second story. Yeah, and we were debating like, cool. where does the staircase go? But it would it would be as you come in, but not directly. It would be like this: you turn to the right and yeah. go, go up it. The yeah. turn to the right is the turn to the right, right. George. That's what it's all the turn to the right. <laughs> but the monsters, they got it, and it opens up, and there's a fire-breathing spot. Yeah, that reminds me of the drawing that he sees uh, Bert, Peter Horton in this, where he's like, he sees a woman, oh, yeah. breathe, a dragon breathing that's fire. That's what it was supposed to be. Oh, well, it's so funny that that's the thing that, like, he's like, this town is scary. This is like, well, they don't even have a dragon. It wasn't believable when you saw a, a corn cross uh, like yeah. put on this kid who died on yeah. a Like, that wasn't what made you think this town was creepy? Right. You've seen the kid, you've hit a kid with a car that clearly had already been stabbed or throat cut already. Yeah. yeah. But a drawing of a dragon. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta save my wife! No, that's when I would have gone like, oh, okay, this is just absurd. Yeah, I'd, I'd be like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Linda, I, I do like that scene though, when they meet the girl and she's playing the uh, Runaway record. Yeah. That has like a really cool, um, but I did think it was funny seeing Linda Hamilton Befriend a girl, little girl named Sarah, mm -hmm. because she needs a daughter, mm -hmm. and they find the surrogate like yeah. mother daughter relationship. It seemed like I was watching some weird like James Cameron movie. I know it could be. Do you think prequel he, to Terminator? Yes, she after that was like, you know what? I'm gonna get knocked up at some point because I really liked having a kid. I just didn't like Peter Horton. No. I'm going to get knocked up by Michael Bean. Yeah. Um, yeah, Peter Horton, 
Go fly a kite. I like the way he looks, but he's not really bringing much to this. He kind of looks like the Beast, though, from the Beauty and the Beast CBS. The Ron Perlman one? Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I think oh. him and Ron Perlman would, like, graft over each other. <laughs> uh, and I think he's become a director in his own yeah. right. When I was a kid, the guy that played Isaac, that kid, and Max Casella from Doogie Howser, I couldn't, I didn't know they were two separate people. Max Excel from Doogie Howser and who? This kid that played Isaac. Oh, you thought maybe he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because that would have been around the same time, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who would you rather have sneak in through your open bedroom window? Max Casella. Yeah. Yeah. Not. I'm sure Isaac kid is perfectly nice, but. But you once at famous, infamously at a diner said you didn't want to be seated by him. I did. You I were was that person. Wearing a lady's wig. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, I do like the, um, along with the setup and the setting and the premise that we were talking about that we really liked, I did think it was cool that um, thing that split them apart in the movie, the thing that made him kind of go like, I'm going to go ahead and look at the, it's like their fight has kind of been this whole time. Uh, she wants to get married. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, she wants to have kids. He doesn't. And so I did think like I bought it in the movie and I thought it was like a cool way to kick the last act off or whatever. Okay. It was just like a, uh, it was like, She's found this kid. She's like, we got to take care of this kid. He's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then when he gets away, that he's like, finds out like, oh, I should have stuck with her. Yeah. Um, it did seem like a human, as opposed to like, what's kind of frustrating in some of these movies when it's just like, the person's just like, I got to go fill up the gas tank I know. now. And like, yeah. Well, why would you split up at this moment? You haven't yet. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get to start. For the first time here, he who walks behind the rose, um, he who walks behind the rose sees all is written in graffiti at one point. He walks by it. I want that to be like the new inside joke graffiti. Oh, you see it in cities and stuff? Yeah. You go into That'd a bathroom good. and you see it like, oh, somebody should start cool here. Yeah. Watch. I You leave here today and it's graffiti in my bathroom. <laughs> it did make me wonder if I seen it before and I just didn't clock it because I hadn't rewatch Children of the Corn. Because it works even if you didn't know the reference, you'd just be like, whoa. Whoa, he yeah. walks behind the rose, sees all. That is, a, the behind the rose thing is a very scary yeah. description. Yeah, because you don't know it's corn. It doesn't immediately say corn. Right. It could be like um, rows of people. Yes. Yeah. At a line at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, somebody in the queue. Um so then um, Bert walks into the church. Uh, oh, he's walking around and uh, he goes into the bank. That's where that scary defaced painting Jesus. of Christ is. Yeah. So that meant, at that point, that made me go, oh, are these kids like, we're going to out Bible this Yeah, church. they've so bastardized it. To, it's almost like they're outlawing Christianity, which is the mainstream yeah, it, it seemed like it was like a, a, a... I guess he who walks behind the rose is their new Christ. Yeah, they... they so it's almost more like they're kind of like 
Satan-y. They worship yeah, a beast he also or something puts now. A pen, uh, Amos puts a pentagram, carves a pentagram in his own chest. I can't imagine the amount of wigs that got flipped when this town went and saw this movie that was <laughs> I filmed in their little burg. And they're like, what did Wait, we agree to? Has that ever come up? Like, did people ever say like, oh, wow, they filmed it here, but oh, God. Well, I'm trying to think of the movies that have been filmed there. Like, so like, uh, Field of Dreams, obviously, Michael, that John Travolta movie, like, Out of Bounds with Anthony Michael Hall. There's very few that like have things that would, this would be the only movie that would really maybe like ruffle some feathers. I wonder if it did. And I'm trying to think if I ever heard about it. I would kill to be a fly on the wall of like a church service around this time in this area. You know what's so funny? People wouldn't, I could see everybody just ignoring that and being on board because yeah, like, because um, it suits them. Yeah. And also like, um, I've had my own experience of that where like I've done some dirty, uh, R rated things in a movie or a TV show or been in something that, if somebody normally saw would maybe flip a wig or ruffle some feathers. Uh, but anytime I interact with that person from my town who knew me growing up or a relative, people love the movies yeah. and the TV shows. Everybody's yeah. just so excited. Especially, yeah, that if you have an inside track, it trumps everything, I think. Yes. And if you have an inside track to Trump, That's that, everything. that is, trumps everything. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Isaac and, 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 and uh, Malachi, they start to they start to have disagreements here, don't oh, they, yeah. Matt? There's a real rift in the corn kids, uh, and there's almost like a proto Field of Dreams moment when Bert walks into the fields and he hears scary whispers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I like the idea of maybe like a horror version of Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like a zombie baseball team, oh. <laughs> a ghoul baseball team. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, so then, yeah, we get Bert walking to the church with the kids smiling, the extras who are supposed to be scary, but they're <laughs> loving it. Um, we talked about, Hey, why'd they wait so long to show these actors? What do you think that is? Do you think those actors had other scenes? That actress who he faces off with is really good. Yeah. I, maybe it was that they, it was just cheaper for the, her to be there for a week or two. Uh, so and so they don't need her for that. Yeah. She's I'm sure union or or the other kids are just basically anybody's daughter sons and daughters. They just went and raided a school. Like, <sighs> line up the kids at your school. All right. Will the weird ones please step <laughs> forward? Weird looking kids, normal, 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 weird, normal, 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 weird. We're looking for you know, we're looking for the kids who could look like they could be some weird religious kids. Yeah. Uh, um, then they uh, uh, they're running around the town. Um, Would you rather face off against? Corn kids or the brood kids? Damn. I think I'd go against the corn kids. Well, the corn kids are like less terrifying looking. Yeah. So if your last image was going to be a bunch of like rural farm kids killing you, at least that's better than like uh, yeah. these weird creature babies. And you can talk them out, some of them out of it. 
Yeah, you could break their spell, or yeah. you couldn't break the spell of the brood. No way, man. But in terms of like being able to, if I had to face off against six, six children of the corn or six of the brood, I'd choose six of the brood, I think, because I could kick my way out of it oh, or something. So, yeah. I guess but it depends I, on six what... teenagers, they could whip my ass. Right. But I learned that last week. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> um, so these kids—it's so funny because we love all the children of the corn. But then the like the party poopers, <laughs> the two wholesome kids, yeah. the brother and his sister, yeah. who I said look like they're from a cereal commercial, especially when they're playing Monopoly in old timey clothing. Oh my god! I never finished a game of Monopoly. Have you ever? No, never. So boring. These kids yeah. are idiots. Go be children of the corn. You're wasting your time dressing up. Like you got to grow up. You're done. Childhood's over. You're now you're not, childhood you're, of the corn. Yeah. You're going to be dead at 19. You don't have to worry about banks. But they so wanted to push these kids wholesomeness. I know that in the scene in the bomb shelter before it ends, he goes, Peter Hurt goes, okay, we're going each kid. Gets their own close up yeah. of them going, okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad they're okay with that. <laughs> um, now, when Malachi and Isaac are really turning on each other, um, uh, did you think Isaac kind of had like TV Mike or Mike TV from Willy Wonka? Yes. Mike? Yes. Very much. Yeah. I wish we could have seen the tug of the two camps of Isaac and Malachi among the rest of the children of the corn, but because none of them could act to save their lives <laughs> or there was no direction. I would have liked to have seen some of the kids kind of like sort of like deciding and then moving over to Malachi and then because we had two clear moments for what we love. Yeah. The, the people turning on the bad guy. Yeah. Cause first they turn on Isaac and then they turn on Malachi, but right. they never really get a full like, oh, guys, no. what's going on here? You and know? we never see what happens to all the kids that run no. off except for the one that attacks in the car at the end. Yeah. And what happens? She gets killed or like she gets, no, no, she goes, she's like, she's stone cold out. What should we do? We can leave her here. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Not a punctuation mark. Sheer ending. Weird uh, ending. Movie. Um, What's going on in that town, though? That square is just like that single post. I don't know. I've looked at it on Google Image, and it's, it's still just a post. It's still there? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a flagpole or a traffic light at some point? Or what? Yeah. Because it's so, it seems like something that should be in Mary London Town. It like, seems like something that shouldn't be where cars are driving through. No. Yeah. And that street doesn't have like a center line in it no, or like lines for parking. It's, it's just a little old obstacle. west. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So then Isaac gets put on the cross. He's freaking out. Love it. Um, sweet barn action. Mm -hmm. They go in. The kids go up into that loft. They open the door. Another really choice moment of uh, of ADR. Gorley, yeah. When he says he's gonna go sneak over to where the the happenings are, yeah. The kid turns his head, and they ADR the kid say, "Go back by the irrigation pump." Yes, that's right. Yeah. So when the next three seconds later, when you see him walk over to an irrigation pump, you understood yeah. why. Oh, thank God! I wouldn't have known where I was. Uh, 
Then we're in nighttime, buddy. Yeah, finally. There's not any nighttime in this movie till now. You would budgetary. Yeah, must have been. And it's kind of hard, I bet, to like figure out how you're going to light a cornfield at nighttime outside of some torches or just under lighting. Yeah, spooky, spooky. Yeah. Um, I did like it when I went tonight, though. Yeah. Um. Uh. And have you seen when the, the, the dirt goes up? I said it's like Caddyshack and Tremors. Have you seen Tremors? Not since it came out. Tremors, I think, would be really fun oh, yeah. to do for the pod. That'd be fun. Um, so, yeah, it's really only 15 minutes left of the movie. I checked is when we first really see a true sign of the paranormal, like yeah. supernatural. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... I felt like Bert could have had a softer touch with it, with those kids because he's kind of like lecturing them as if they were people in their 30s who made a choice. <laughs> like, come at them with love. You're telling them to love. And he's like, uh, 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 you got to go back and watch it because it's really funny. There's a part where he says something like, so you do whatever or you do Whatever this guy says, you just hear one kid off camera, real kid go, so? (laughs) (laughs) We're not stupid. We just don't fucking care. We're not going to listen to him. We're not going to listen to you, outlander. Also, if you're a kid, you're going to be like, fuck you. This is actually better. If we'd be at school right now, I get to run out and play all day. Um, The... uh, I was going to mention this at the beginning. We'll be real quick, but the um, the idea that the country is scary and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime for like a stretch of four years, five years, once a year. Not that I would visit once a year. I'd visit multiple times, but once a year, I would get into some farm related accident, like oh. playing with my cousins. Uh, the first was, uh, when I was like four or five, it was one of my earliest memories, a gravel road got, it turned cold. And so there was just ice on, uh, on a gravel road, but you could slide across it. Like it was a skating rink and my cousins and I were sliding across it. I was probably like five or six, uh, slipped and cut the top of my eye eyebrow you'll notice some of my eyebrows missing oh, yeah, yeah. that's from when i scraped my oh wow uh, now year later hanging out with my cousins at a grandma and knights of columbus hall so it's not a farm but yeah i'm out with i was just such an indoor kid who stayed home and drew uh-huh. with my two sisters when i got around like boy cousins it was wild oh. so at a foosball table i walked up to a foosball table and you know how there's an end of a foosball table yeah. that doesn't have it. Yes. It popped me in the eye. Jesus. And I still have like a little, I don't know where it is. It's yeah, on my eye. I see it there. That's from there. Yeah. Now, Gorley, look at this. My finger can twist like this. My pinky finger can bend like that. I can't with the other one. I can't bend down my pinky. Because the year after that, when I was in kindergarten, I remember because it was over Mother's Day weekend, I'm talking to my cousin Todd. We're next to some farm machinery. And he pulls down some farm machinery where my finger is in the hinge and my slices my pinky is hanging off my hand. Oh my God. And my parents rush me from a farm into town to get it checked out. Okay. Last one. 
the year summer of 89, because I remember this was my summer, I was at a farm. There was a retaining wall somebody had put up next to the house. I was running down it, uh, getting chased by a cousin, having fun. I slipped kind of as I jumped off the retaining wall and landed on my collar. But I cracked my collarbone and that summer. Uh, now I'm being really cool talking about all my injuries here, yeah. but it's more to any time I was like in the vicinity of my grandma, country life, cousins. It felt like chilling in the corn, man. Like there was a Jeez. definite like I always got hurt. You, it's good you got out to L.A., man. You yeah, it lasted. Yeah, where I only have to deal with the riots, uh. the fires, <laughs> the mudslides, people. Anyway, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was kind of wild. Wow, you little scarboard. Well, but also farm life. There's a reason we should have moved into cities. I'm saying, yeah, it's a tough life out there. Those. Get out of the farms, for one thing, children's of the corn. Um, but that was my last little bit there. Um, I just have that 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 animation reminded me of the movie Heavy Metal. It was that kind of animation. Man, I missed... Um, uh, there was a screening of Heavy Metal downtown mm-hmm. in L.A., and uh, I love that Heavy Metal style animation. Uh, yeah, I do too. That vibe and era of music and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that too, and it popped up. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, not uh, heavy metal, but just like this is that early to mid '80s. Yes, before computer. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, the uh, what was sorry? Well, the only other thing I have is that they cut this for budgetary concerns, but originally Rachel, the little wholesome girl, was going to be silent the whole time, and a girl in a hood was going to follow her around and speak for her. A girl in a. Oh, who's like another fellow children of the corn? Yeah. Huh. Fascinating, huh? Yeah, because then I guess the idea is that she can only communicate through the drawings. Yeah, interesting. Huh. That would have been That's cool. That's cool. Um, the, uh, oh, the other effect that they had to make up for that weird animation thing, <laughs> the heavy metal animation. Yeah. Um, it just ends with the gigantic fireball, yeah. that huge explosion. And... I got to say, my whole life watching movies, fireballs, explosions just haven't done that much for me. But when I see a movie end this way, I go, did audiences think they didn't get their money's worth if with a certain type of movie didn't have an explosion in it? It is so gratuitous. Especially in a cornfield. It's one thing when we were watching Maximum Overdrive and then um, Carrie... And these service stations are blowing up. But yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Christine, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Christine, sorry. But yeah, no, because they're surrounded by gasoline. Yeah. So that makes sense. But this was like, I, I don't know what could have created that combustion. And then, yeah, it was in a cornfield where the whole thing then would burn down. <laughs> but instead, like 20 minutes later, they're walking down the street. Um, that ending, I mean, <laughs> it comes up, the title comes up, The and they're not even done talking they haven't even left the car yet and the end is up like they the filmmakers want out of this theater more than the audience it's almost like somebody's saying goodbye like a minute before they leave a house yeah it's just like it was so weird she got jumped out of the back seat knocked back and then as they're walking away 
The end comes up. <laughs> wild. Wild, wild. Oh, um, at the beginning, though, we didn't get to talk about the uh, New World Pictures logo. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And also, this is produced by Hal Roach Studios yeah. of Little Rascals fame. This guy only works in kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Little Rascals of the Court. <laughs> Hal Roach's Little Rascals of the Corn. Um, well, that's it for me, um, buddy boy. What do you like for a best kill? Who? Is it is it fair to say like the whole diner kill scene for me? That's 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 what I thought. It did remind me of uh, something we did talk about. But there's a really great moment when they're showing all the dead bodies. Yeah, and there's just <laughs> a local lady. She's just got her head kind of tilted onto the shoulder of the man she's yeah, next to. Yeah. It's totally not how a dead no. body falls well, under the... I need to be comfortable. And Harold's shoulder is comfortable. I've certainly slept on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, diner kill um, is pretty good. And then truly, I mean, I know this isn't a kill. It's a kill of his spirit. Um when Isaac came out as Silverboy, that was just so. I'm putting you down for Isaac Silverboy. I was that was so delirious to me. I I just was so in heaven when I saw it. Me too. The movie got so. Now the movie is ridiculous, but the first thing that struck me when I was watching it, like the first few scenes, I was like, they they're treating this so seriously. Yeah. There's not even like levity in the movie no, at any point, right? Really isn't. Her singing that song and them like laughing at the preachers, like their own moment of levity, but it's not our levity. Yeah. You know, I just realized I want to collect inscribed lighters from films because there's this one. There's the famous one from Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy that plays a part in the, in the plot to George from Anne with all my love. And then there's the one from License to Kill, the James Bond movie. Yes. The his wedding one, right? Felix Leiter, a genuine yeah. Felix Leiter. Yeah, there's that would be kind of cool. Yeah, to make cuz um I feel like a collection can really thrive if it's narrowed. Yeah. So if you're like, "Oh, I collect movie props." Yes, but they are the yeah. the lighters. Um out of all the Stephen King movies we've watched so far, which prop would you most want? Ooh. Well, let's just say not Christine, because that's, yeah, that's you, you can't get a car. As I recap the scores of these films, think, think okay, so Dead Zone is first. I gave an eleven. You gave it an eleven point five. Christopher think. Walken's overcoat. That's the prop that. Yeah, can, or his cane. His cane. Oh, Silver Bullet, tough to beat. Prop wise, we both gave it a nine. You got the the silver bullet. The silver bullet. Maximum overdrive. The green goblin. Just the head. Yeah, the head. Yeah. I gave it an eight. You gave it a seven. Misery. Um, I gave it a 12. You gave it a 12.5. The typewriter. Oh, that's tough. Or the block between the ankles. Oh, yeah. Or that sledgehammer. Yeah. Christine, I gave it a 10. You gave it an 11. I think I'd take the misery typewriter. That was my dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what are you going to give this guy? Before we even started listing off prop by prop, I was like, I'm going to say the misery type, right? I think yeah. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Or the little penguin. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice little um, um, conversation piece. Yeah. Out of 13, what does Children of the Corn do for you? I'm going to say it is an eight. Yeah. I liked it more than Maximum Overdrive, less than Silver Bullet. 
What did I give a maximum overdrive? I gave MG an eight uh, maximum overdrive. Yeah, I think I'll. I'll uh, oh, I'll give this an eight as well. Okay. And that brings us to our next movie selection oh, for the so Spring exciting. King Fling. There's three left. It's three left, and those are Children. Oh wait, Children. The Mist, Cujo, and Carrie. So you have a one, a seven, and an eight that you can choose. Now, um, so far it has been Gorley Rust, Gorley Rust, Gorley Rust. So I would have to do a Rust here. Which is Carrie and Cujo, right? Cujo, yeah, because yeah. yours was the Mist. So say those numbers one more time, one, my friend. seven, and eight, and those are just in order. Hey, we gave them last movie an eight, so let's rate, uh, let's choose number eight. Cujo it is. Fantastic. Wow. All right. Uh, cool. Very cool. Very cool. Both um, uh, uh, two sort of um, abandoned in the country movies. Yeah. And I love that Christine, Children of the Corn, and Cujo all kind of follow each other for some reason. They're kind of tonally, yeah. period-wise. Well, maybe we'll get a carry, but if we get a carry next, then that mixes up the Gourley Rust split because then we could get four C's in a row, right. which would be really cool. That would be so awesome, man. God, I wonder what the split is between our listeners, like people who are like, no, I want to keep going, Russ Gourley. No, yeah. no, no, four C's, four C's. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> Smash that like and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye-bye. For more Gourley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gourley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com, and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gourley and Rust theme song by me, Mac Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gourley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.